right, let's get into it this morning. Um, today we're finishing uh, our sermon series on Pray Like This. Uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to look at a portion of Scripture that has, it. honestly, we could, I don't know if you remember if you were with us a while ago, but we did a sermon series called uh, Straight Out of Context. And what we did is we took a lot of verses, you like that, straight out of context? What we did is we took a lot of verses that the church traditionally or us individually, what we have done is we've isolated these verses and we turned them into something that the scripture does not even mean for us to turn it into. It's kind of like um, Princess Bride with Aniga Montoya and he says, you keep saying that word. I don't think it means what you think it means, you know, inconceivable, that little guy used to say. And so we could actually do the same thing with this scripture today. We find that in maybe in the church culture you grew up in, you will see some of the errors that the traditionally what we thought was a really good advice or good idea for us to hold on to actually is not what the Bible is saying at all. And um, I want to encourage you this morning by the help of the Holy Spirit and the truth of Scripture to help let uh, what, what Scripture actually means come to bear and wait on your soul as a disciple of Jesus. Now we know that as disciples of Jesus in prayer, you cannot be less than a person who prays, both individually, right, personally at home or wherever you are, uh, the Bible calls it like a prayer closet, so to speak, where you get, alone, get with God alone and you spend time with Him either through Scripture or just speaking with Him and letting Him speak to you. You know that as a disciple of Jesus, that has to be. It can't be less than that, right? Not only just individually but, and personally, but also corporately. We know as followers of Jesus, the church, the collective group of disciples of Jesus, is called to do prayer and fasting we're going to do tomorrow night together. You can't have be called a disciple and do less than both those things. And as disciples of Jesus, we want to do what Jesus has called us to do. And so you've heard me say in the past two weeks, guys, we have a lot of work to do, right? Because some of us, man, prayer, it's like, you know, I said last week, people latched, people always latch onto the one like illustration. That's not the point. But I said, prayer is so much better than broccoli, right? It's so much better than Brussels sprouts. And it is, but sometimes it feels like, I know this is good for me and I'll have to do it. And um, man, I want to read this quote. This is uh, not part of my notes, but it's by Charles Spurgeon. Um, let me find, yeah, here it is. Man, Charles Spurgeon just has a way with words. And I love this quote because it's not unclear what he's saying. It's actually not very profound, but it's very true. And it challenged me this week. It says, the more we pray, the more we shall want to pray. The more we pray, the more we can pray. Duh. The more we pray, the more we shall pray. He who prays little will pray less, but he who prays much will pray more. And he who prays more will desire to pray more abundantly. Isn't that so good? So It's so simple and so true. And so as disciples of Jesus, we say, Lord, I get it. So I, 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 don't want, I don't feel like praying. This feels like hard. This feels like homework. My mind's distracted. And Charles Spurgeon encourages us, man, the more you do it, the more you do it. And the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And the more you want to do it, the more you do it. 
And the more you want to do it, the more you do it. See how that works? It's something amazing. All right, so what are we going to be talking about today? Well, let's turn your Bible to John chapter 14. And uh, man, (laughs) let's just read it. This is what the word of the Lord says. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he tells them this, John chapter 14, verse 13 through 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Let me read that again to you. John chapter 14, 13 through 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, on at face value, the Scripture feels like God, Jesus is saying, hey, here's a blank check. Carp, is that carte blanche? Is that what that means in French? I, why do we think it's more fancy and st- sophisticated to speak French? Here's a blank check. Now, in prayer, I'm gonna ha- if you're a follower of me, I'm going to give you a blank check in prayer. And then we go, whoa, that's amazing. I can write whatever number I want. And some of us might feel a little sheepish to like go really crazy, right? You never ask, we, um, Sam, when he was about two or three, we had a friend who worked for Tommy Toys. If you don't know what Tommy Toys is, it's like Thomas the Tank, Trank, Trank, Tank, whatever, that, that company, right? And um, she, she was the marketing director for them, and she said, hey, Sam's really cute. Will you have him come in? I'm giving you some, like, all right, buddy. Um, will you have him come up and model for him? And he'll do, and if you were to go and look in Tommy the Tank, you'll find Sam, little two-year-old Sam, smiling, like pulling a train back, or he was on two boxes, right? And so, and she said, listen, we, we, I'm not going to pay you, but I'm going to give you the catalog. And this Tommy Toys catalog, you can pick anything you want out of there, right? And so we're like, whoa, that's amazing. What did Marianne and I do? We're like, anything? You know, like, can we, like, the whole, like, I'll just take the whole catalog. I don't even need to look at it. Just where, you know? Or is it more like, is she really just saying that, but she expects us not to say everything, you know? So what did we do? We just were like, here's like five things we picked, right? Out of like 10,000 toys. Huh? We chose three? I don't remember. Whatever. So we got like $20 worth for Sam doing a photo shoot. Plus, proud parents of having our kid on a box, you know? But do we do that with God? Is, is, is Jesus telling us here, hey, pick whatever you want out of the catalog. It, it, you, you know, whatever you want, anything you ask. Or is there something that Scripture is trying to help us understand? Is there, you know, is it not just like in isolation in this text, if we read it, is there a deeper meaning to this? And I think absolutely yes. I don't think what Jesus is doing here is just giving us a blank check. Now, here's the problem if we, as a church, approach the Scripture in a blank check kind of way. I grew up in what would be uh, maybe kind of a Shazam culture of prayer. You know what I mean by Shazam? If you don't know what Shazam is, there is a comic, DC comic, where this kid, Billy Batson, I think that's his name, Billy Batson, and he's just like, lives in a poor neighborhood, he's got no parents, and he gets beat up all the time, and he meets this wizard. And the wizard says, I'm going to give you my power. All you need to do is say the word Shazam, and my power will come upon you. And so Billy Batson's like, whatever, you know. 
And so he gets himself into trouble, of course, like every movie, every comic. And what does he do? He's like, well, maybe the wizard really meant it. Maybe this is true. So he says, Shazam! And then all of a sudden, boom, he turns into this Superman kind of a person. But he's still Billy Batson on the inside, but he's Shazam on the outside. And I grew up in this kind of Shazam kind of culture of prayer where it was like, hey, just say the name of Jesus and boom, everything's going to change. Boom, say the name and put Jesus on it, and all of a sudden, your circumstances, whatever's happening in life, just apply the name of Jesus, and boom. Well, the problem was, it didn't work every time. And what that does is if we have this Shazam kind of understanding when it comes to John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14, then it puts the ownness on us, doesn't it? It puts the onus on us Well, then we start asking questions like, well, maybe I didn't say the name of Jesus with the right cadence. You ever been in a church where like, somebody comes up to pray and they all of a sudden sound weird? And they say like, the name of Jesus weird? And you're like, what's happening? Like, in the name of Jesus. Like, J-E-S-U-S-A-H? Like, what's happening here? Or, or maybe I didn't say it with enough faith and intensity. Um, you know, there's a, a Star Wars movie, Rogue One, where there's this guy, and he, he understands the ways of the Force. And whenever he gets into trouble or whenever he needs to find himself out of a situation, he says this mantra, I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. And so he, he like is saying it to stir up his faith. He's saying it to like believe it somehow. And so maybe if I didn't say the name of Jesus with enough faith, maybe that's the reason why something didn't happen when I applied John chapter 14. Or maybe you didn't say it enough, or et cetera, et cetera. We could go on and on about the misunderstandings of what Jesus is telling us here. But when we start to dive into Scripture, and what we were to see the whole picture, and understand the context, and the meaning behind what Jesus is telling us, actually, He's telling us something so much better, so much different, than this kind of like, it's about you and how you declare my name. And then if you say it loud enough, Shazam! Right? Then I'll come and I'll act and like a lightning bolt's going to come, boo, and you're going to find your muscles all big. And then all of a sudden you're going to be able to tear down strongholds and the gates of hell will not prevail against you because you Shazammed your way through your faith. No, that is not what Jesus is telling us. So, what is Jesus encouraging us with? If he's saying... Whatever you ask, as long as you say it in my name, I will do for you. Well, let's look at it this morning. You ready? All right, so the first one is this. Jesus is talking about, number one, his character. His character. So when we say, I'm praying in the name of Jesus, we're praying according to the character and the person of who Jesus is. Jesus is not telling us by saying his name that we're somehow releasing some spiritual power into the spiritual ether of the whatever's out there. Okay? Um, we're, we're talking about his character. Now, here's the context. In ancient times, when someone was given a name, it was to represent their personality or what they were like. So we take someone like Abram, 
who God says, you will no longer be called Abram, little father. I'm going to change your name from little father to Abraham, which will be father of many nations, right? And now we all sing, Father Abraham, in many sons, right? And that's, we see this understanding of character. Or, or, or Jacob. Jacob means deceiver. Anybody here named Jacob? Some, one of our boyfriends here is named Jacob. Jacob is, means deceiver. Okay, let's go change Jacob's name. He's serving in kids today. We love you, Jacob. So J- Jacob was this, like, he, everywhere he went, he connived. He, he manipulated to get his way, and that was his name. Um, Isaac, the opposite, we see his name means laughter. Kelly means warrior of the king. All right? I had to redeem my given name as a kid. It was always like, why do you have a girl's name? Like, I don't know. And so then I went and looked it up, and it's actually Gaelic. It's this old Irish kind of, you know, warrior of the king. Like, yes, that's right. So names represented characteristics of people. And when Jesus is saying, when you pray, pray in my name, he's not just saying, just say my name. Just shazam your way through whatever you need. He's saying, I want you to understand when you pray, you pray my name because it represents who I am. My character. What are some of the characteristics of who Jesus is? Well, he's loving, isn't he? He's sacrificial. He's strong. He's full of truth. Jesus is holy. Jesus brings justice. Jesus brings mercy. Jesus brings all of what is good. And if we somehow think we can exclude the character of who Jesus is from His name when we're praying, we are not getting it. We don't get it at all. See, it's not, you say my name and there it is, there's His name. Oh, keep saying it because it's building, it's built. No. When we pray in the name of Jesus... We pray according to who Jesus is. His personhood. His character. His personality. Amen? Alright, so that's the first one. Number two, when we're praying in the name of Jesus, we're not only just praying according to Him and who He is, His character, but His authority. Alright? His Authority. So a couple things here. To pray in the authority of Jesus means two things. The first one is this. It means that we have direct access to God the Father because of the work of the cross. Alright? So we pray in the authority. That authority is what Jesus has done. That authority is, you know when you're praying, you're, you're, you're going to God. Well, now you get to pray through this privilege of a bridge that's been gapped. So um, you and I, before we gave our lives to Jesus and we said, I want to be a follower of Christ, that means I'm going to lay down my ways and my will and I'm going to surrender them and I'm going to acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And because of my sin, I've been cut off from relationship with God. But Jesus, through His sacrifice, made a way for that relationship with me and God to be restored. So without Jesus, you and I would have to go to God in our own authority. We'd have to stand there and say, in the name of Kelly, I come to you, God. And God would be like, (laughs) right? Or he'd be like, what in the heck are you talking about? 
See, everything that your authority would be like nothing. But when we come now in the authority of Jesus, we have direct access to God. This is what the writer of Hebrews says. It says this in chapter 4, starting in verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has been passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And then the encouragement comes, let us then with confidence. Why? Because of Jesus. Draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, we can boldly approach God in prayer through the authority of Jesus. And that authority is the finished and completed work of the cross that has been done for us. That means we don't have to go through a priest. Did you know that? We don't have to go through a saint. We don't have to go through a pastor. We don't go through our own moral standings in prayer to God. We go now by the authority of Jesus directly to the throne room. If we were to open up Revelation chapter 4 right now and read what's going on right at this very moment in heaven, where God is sitting on his throne, and thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels are circling, and peals of thunder, and seas of glass. It would be a sight that we would be like terrified and full of wonder. We would never think to ever approach such a place because it is too high and lofty for any of us to get to. Yet, through the authority of Jesus and His finished work on the cross, it makes us so that we can come directly, as the writer of Hebrews says, with confidence, with confidence to that throne room and say, God, You're high and mighty, and I'm coming not in my own authority and my own moral standings or in some other spiritual leader's work. I'm coming through the finished work of Jesus Christ that has been established for me and cannot be taken away. No matter what I do, no matter what people do to me, I can come with boldness, not arrogance, but confidence coming to the throne because Jesus has made that way. And so when Jesus says, whenever you come to the Father, pray in my name, he's saying not only is it about my character and who I am, he's saying it's about the authority and the authority I give you because of what I've done for you. All right, so that's the first part. The, so we, we come because of the, the work of the cross, but we pray with his authority, not ours. And let me just, um, here's the problem that happens. Sometimes we think, man, I've had a really good moral season. And you've heard me say this over and over, and I say the same thing all the time. When, when I do really good spiritually, I feel really bold and confident to come. Or when I see other people doing things in the name of Jesus, I kind of go, I want to do that too in the name of Jesus. I want that same kind of like, hmm, skipping my step, what's pepping my step? I don't know what the word is. But you see some guys do this in the book of Acts, and it's, it's kind of a chunky portion of Scripture, but let me, get, let me read this to you. Acts chapter 19 says this in verse 11. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. 
so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Now let me just pause there for a moment. Let me explain. This power that's happening is not coming from Paul. This is Paul moving in the character and the authority of who Jesus is. And because he has spent time with Jesus, all right? So Jesus is somehow, I don't know how this in a sense, oozing out of Paul, all right? That's, sorry for that word, but look at this in verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Verse 14. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know. Paul, I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So here are these guys thinking, the name of Jesus is a Shazam. I've seen Paul Shazam it. I've seen the other disciples, they're Shazamming it. And there's, drive, there's miracles happening. Let's Shazam it too. And then they come in and shazam! And then what happens? Naked, run out. What the heck? I thought this was about saying the name of Jesus. I thought if I could say with enough faith, I thought if I could do this with enough power, if I could muster it up my... No. And the demon goes, what in the heck? Get the heck out of here, buddy. There's seven buddies, right? So the authority of Jesus is the finished work that he's done. And we don't come in our own name, in our own power, even in our own gusto. No matter how earnest we are about saying the name of Jesus, it's not about how you say it and how faithful you are about saying it. It's about the authority of Jesus and Jesus alone. How are you guys doing? Let, let me just stop here and pause for a moment. I want to encourage us, guys. If it feels awkward... Not to say in the name of Jesus at the end of a prayer, doesn't it? You, if we were to like sit up here and, and pray, and then like I, I just stopped without saying in the name of Jesus, some of us would feel like, like what just happened? And I want to encourage you, you, it's not saying in the name of Jesus at the end of a prayer that gives it power. It's these things. There, but on, uh, conversely, it's not wrong at all to say in the name of Jesus. I mean, we just sang about the name of Jesus this morning. And we're declaring the name of Jesus. But it's, okay, I'm getting on a tangent. So, last example about this authority. Policemen have badges, don't they? Uh, and a policeman does not hold this badge. And this badge does not represent the policeman, or woman, sorry. It does not represent the individual person holding it. It represents the law. It represents the police community. It represents the authority that this police person has been given. And so uh, a little three-foot tall person, police person, could stand at an 18-wheeler coming down and hold a badge up, and that 18-wheeler puts on its brakes, not because the three-foot person holding a badge is like, whoa, they're scary. No, it's because they know if I run that person over, the full force of the law is coming at me. 
And so you and I in prayer, it's almost like we're holding up a badge. And it's not like we're telling God what to do and not to do, but we're saying, I come in the authority of Christ. Diana Ross didn't say, stop in the name of Diana. Stop in the name of love, right? Before you break my heart. Come on, in the name of love. And so we do the same thing, in the name of Jesus. All right, number three. You guys doing okay? Number three, not only is it the character, not only is Jesus talking about his authority, but he's talking about belief in him. Belief in him. Now let me, let me just draw a distinction here. He is not talking belief of him. Yeah, you know, many of us here might live our lives in a way that we believe of Jesus. We believe that he existed. We believe he was a historical figure. Well, what Jesus is saying, when you pray in my name, what you're doing is you're putting your hope and your faith in me. Not just that I'm uh, alive or that I existed. James tells us, he goes, man, even the demons, even the demons know Jesus was, congratulations, you're, you're like a demon. No! <laughs> what James is trying to get us to understand is it's not just about believing that Jesus existed or that he's a good man, or he, that even that he is the Son of God, it's that you put your hope, you put your trust, you put all of your eggs in one basket, and that basket is Christ. You put all of what you got into this, and you say, Jesus, you are my only hope. Jesus, you have everything I need. Jesus, I put all of my hope, all of my trust, all my belief, all my actions, all my thoughts, all of my heart, everything I am into you. And so when I pray, I'm not like praying again. I, I, I got 80. I got 80% Jesus, but that 20%, I need you to come through. No, Jesus, I need 100% of you. I need all of you. You are the only answer. Jesus is the only way. This is what John 1.12 says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in what? His name. He gave the right to become children of God. And so when we pray, we come in prayer with accordance of the truth of who he is. When we come and we pray, we pray in His authority. And when we come and pray, we come believing in Jesus. Not in ourselves. Not in our, man, I really said the name of Jesus really good with a great cadence and ah, there was a lot of breath in there. He's surely heard that. Mm -mm. Number four, we come in His will. Now this is a big one, guys. This is a big one. This is a real big one. We come in the name of Jesus and to come in prayer to ask, to seek, and to knock is to come in accordance of His will. His will. Now, this is what James 4.3 says. You ask, you do not receive. Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Uh, New King James Version says what Jeff told us this morning. You, you ask amiss. You ask amiss. I love that word. You ask amiss. It's like Jesus saying, okay, when you come in prayer, here's the target. 
right? If you're on an archery field, here's the, the, the bullseye, and the bullseye, anything, anything on this target is my will. Anything. But you come and you go, boom. And you shoot over here and you go, I really wanted a bullseye. And he's like, well, aim at the target. But, okay, I'll aim at it. But I really want to do that. And somebody's ah, you know. And you're like, how come I keep missing? And James is like, every time you come, you come to asking your own passions. Now, Marianne and I just had this discussion yesterday. And you know we regularly do this. We talk about winning the lottery. We say, what would you do? What would you do? Right? And we, she's like, babe, well, we went out to, it was Friday. That's when it was. We were coming back from, somebody gifted us with a gift card to a restaurant. And so we were driving back, all bloated and full and food coma. Right? And uh, we're driving back and she's like, let's talk about, let's like fantasize. What would you, what's the first thing you would do if we won the lottery? Right? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, go on vacation. Right? Somewhere fat. Fat vacation. Where like music we'd playing everywhere. I went bum, 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 bum. Like, it's just, yeah, that's right. Everybody high-fiving me. And like, what's the first thing you would do? I don't know, you know. And so we just fantasize. You know what? That's never going to happen. It's ne- I mean, one, we don't play the lottery. But two, God does not answer prayers of, Lord, please let me be less dependent and needy, needy of you. Lord, please let me live my life in a way that I'm completely competent and don't need anyone or you for the rest of my life and I don't have to worry about anything. Amen. Well, that's our own passions, right? So for me to win the lottery is for me to go, I don't need anybody. And if I want it, I'm going to get it. And every desire I have, I'm going to be able to fulfill it. Why haven't I won the lottery, God? And he's like, that's not my will for you. My will for you is for you to be completely dependent on me. My will for you is for you to be completely dependent on the community that you're a part of. My will for you is that you seek me, not stuff. Now, is it bad to ask God? Absolutely not. It's not bad to ask God for stuff. Give us this day our daily bread, right? But it's thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that means when Jesus says, when you ask in my name, you're asking according to my will. Now, what if we don't know the will of God? Well, let me tell you something. Where's your Bible, babe? Somewhere. Okay. Marianne didn't bring her Bible today. Mm-hmm. As I'm the one without a Bible up here. If you don't know the will of God, you're like, man, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Well, let me just introduce you to something. This is called the Word of God. Right here. Word of God. And it tells us what His will is. It tells us. Now, the Bible may not say, thou shalt not move to this place, or thou shalt move to this place, or you should not watch television. But it does speak to those things. It does talk about the character of who God is. It does talk about our hearts being subject to Him and our wills and our actions and our planning of our lives being subject to Him. And it speaks those truths, not only just here specifically, but in community. And so my encouragement to you is if you don't know the will of God, 
then read the Bible. (laughs) If you're a Christian who never knows God's will, you're probably a Christian who never opens your Bible. You probably don't know the heart of God, or else you're the kind of Christian who just always feels led. Right? Well, I felt led. I felt led to do this. I felt led to do that. I felt led to do And it's like, how do you argue with what God told you to do? Well, but did God tell you that? Is it like being filtered through Scripture? Or is this like your passions that you're trying to spiritualize somehow because there's a desire in there and you're trying to interpret it through this weird culture way of understanding God's will for you and you're doing it void of Scripture and community? That's not how we come to God through His will. If you don't know the will of God, you come through Scripture and through community. All right? So when Jesus says, pray in my name, he's not saying, hey. I mean, if the name of Jesus had just power in itself in the sense of, if I were to be able to shazam my prayers, there would be so many unintended consequences. People who take the name of the Lord in vain, Jesus Christ, right? You've heard that? Well, all of a sudden, poof, something would happen. That guy just cussed. But all of a sudden, like a flower just grew out of the ground. If every time I was like, Jesus, like, poof. Like my ear, like it'd be like a magic spell. It's not an incantation. These aren't spells. We are calling on the person of Jesus. His will, His ways, His character, His desire, His authority. Not our own. All right, last one. Uh, number five, it's to bring the Father glory. It's to bring the Father glory. So, now here's the problem with this, is that we can try to lawyer our way through this, can't we? We can somehow try to convince ourselves to convince God that we are praying for things that will bring Him glory. Lord, if you let me win the lottery, you know I'm going to be given at least 10% to the church. So, we're just, I'm just saying. I mean, if God, if you let me get this girlfriend, I mean, you know, she's hot. And I'll tell everybody she's your creation. And so everybody go, oh, God's amazing, right? That's not the, the, to bring glory to the Father. See, to bring glory to the Father is to make His name famous. Is to exalt God over everything else. Is that He gets the glory, not you at all. At all. What kind of prayers are we praying? I think there's like deception in our hearts. We ask God for stuff that we know is going to glorify us. That's going to like just benefit us only and not even our neighbors, not even our, our loved ones, not even people who need to know Jesus. And we pray for stuff because it's going to bring glory to us. And Jesus says, whatever you ask for, ask it in my name that it will bring glory to who? My Father. Does it bring glory to God for us to ask for healing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does it bring glory to God for us to ask for finances? Absolutely. Does it bring glory to God for us to ask for blessings in our life? Completely, yes, it does. But you have to ask yourself the question, why am I asking for these things? Is this so I can somehow be less dependent on you, God? 
Is it so I can feel more secure about my life? Is it so that I don't need you and I don't need anybody else? Or is it, God, I genuinely, you know my heart, and I'm going to submit what I'm asking to you. Lord, help me to be the kind of person who prays that you would be glorified. That somehow anything, any blessing, any goodness that comes to me, that I would just like be like a disco ball, just shooting it right back. The light that hits me, it's just pew, pew, pew. Just everyone looks around and goes, oh, look at all that stuff. Look at all the shiny things. Yes, that's the glory of God. Instead of being like a dark black hole in space and sucking up everything. That's what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. Let me end with this. The question of, well, why does it seem sometimes if I'm praying according to these five ways, and I'm doing right in the name of Jesus, and God, somehow it either sounds like He's not listening or He doesn't answer. What is happening? Everybody ever be there? Maybe you're there right now. Okay? That's true, and that's reality. So what is happening in these moments? Well, let me suggest to you, I think, maybe God's wanting you to continue to knock in prayer. Maybe He's saying, hey, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Maybe he wants to build in you a prayer muscle. Remember how we said last week that you don't miss leg day in prayer, where you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep on, I'm going to keep on believing in the name of Jesus. I'm going to keep on believing and trusting in his character. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep on saying I'm dependent on you. And maybe God's just saying, hey, I want to like build that in you. Or maybe he's saying, not yet. Not yet. Yes, I hear that prayer, but let's just put a pin in that. And let's, be, let's, let's just, just seek me. Seek me. And as you seek me, you're going to get closer to me. And I'm going to answer that. I'm going to answer. I'm going to, yeah, but it's just not yet. And so, guys, don't get discouraged in prayer. Don't get, to, if, you're, if there's people here crying out for a loved one who's not a Christian, and you're saying, God, will you please save them? Do you think God's like, no, I, no. That's a bad prayer. Oh, let's continue to call out to God for people to be saved. If you're like, God, I, I, I want to be a blessing to others even financially. I want to, like, Lord, and you mean this with your, your heart. You're like, Lord, I want to receive so that I can give. God's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't want you to be a blessing to anybody. <laughs> Absolutely, those are God-willed prayers. But maybe it's not happening right now. You're just like, God, I'm just going to keep trusting you. And maybe it'll come differently or however, in ways you didn't think, but we keep seeking God. This is what John ends with. John chapter 5, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you could do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. See guys, it all comes down to this. Abiding in Jesus. When you abide in Christ, your prayers are abiding prayers. You cannot abide in Jesus 
and pray prayers that don't abide with him. You, and when you, when you abide with Christ, he's gonna, he hears those prayers and he honors those prayers because they're abiding prayers. It boils down to this. Are you surrendered and submitted and want to bring glory to Jesus? Or are you surrendered and submitted to your own ways, own passions, and want to bring glory to your own name and your own life? Jesus calls us in to say, hey, this is what it means to pray in my name. Abide in me. You'll come know me. Come know who I am, my character, my wills, my ways, my authority. Pray in my name. My Father will be glorified and it will be for your good. Amen? Let's stand together this morning.